The Tarverian Podcast is a production of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Please check out more of our shows at www.probablywork.com. Hey everyone, Scott here with my good pal Rich. Say hi, Rich. Hi. And we're here today to tell you about a podcast we host together with our buddies Jay and Bill, the RPG After Years. The After What? The RPG After Years. Our show has entered into a new era of covering everything RPGs, both old and new. Thus, it is after its first era. It's the After Years. I thought RPG was Rocket Propelled Grenade. No, RPG stands for Role Playing Game. It's a genre of video game. Every week, we go through the latest news and discuss other relevant RPG related topics. We also review RPGs as we complete them. So, an RPG is not a rabid Portuguese goose? No, thank God. From Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy to The Witcher and Cyberpunk, we've got RPGs covered from the dawn of time to the far-flung future. Oh, I've heard of Final Fantasy. I'd hope so. So check us out on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast listening platform happens to be. You can also find us at probablywork.com. Level up your podcast feed with the RPG After Years. Enjoy the show. Rejoice ye one and all, as the dragon has returned, the season two of the Tarviran podcast. Please join Rich Arbara, Rob Alfor, Bill Kulfrain, as they take on the epic fantasy series of the Wheel of Time. This season is dedicated to the Great Hunt, so join us as we go on a mystical adventure following the travels of the Great Horn of Valera in this season of the Tarvira Podcast. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Tarviran Podcast with myself, Bill, and my co-host, Robert, and my co-host, Hey, this is this is Rich. I want to talk to you about Spotify. <laughs> no, my other co-host. <laughs> no, okay. Oh. Where's my real co-host? <laughs> Jesus? <laughs> no, just Jesus. He steals hubcaps from her, from cars. <laughs> 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 um, sorry, that's that is that is not me being offensive. Well, actually, I suppose it's being slightly offensive if you like Jeebus. Um <clears throat> But that's from a, a pro uh, program. That's from a a Bloodhound Gang song, which is showing off my age because uh, that stuff used to be funny. <laughs> uh, I think I was in college when Bloodhound Gang was out. So don't you do you ever make jokes about your age? I'm gonna have to come over there and, and, and laugh. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm allowed to make jokes about my age, man. Like, um, how old am I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm mid thirties. I know you're slightly pushing higher than that, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Rich is Rich is the young one. Don't forget. Oh my god, thirty-four. Oh, I had this conversation with a guy at work yesterday where he's like. He's like, I was born in 1995. I'm like, I now want to slap you. <laughs> well, then you'll want to slap me. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. 
to give him perspective, I told him I, I when I moved into my first apartment, like a week later, the OJ White Bronco chase happened. There, there you go. That's how old I that? am. 94. 94. Oh, um, yeah, so I'm 94. Was that, was that near when Princess Diana died? I don't know. The, the OJ Simpson thing obviously did, like did make the news over here, but wasn't as big. 97? Yeah, 97 sounds right. What, the princess yeah, died? So, oh, hang on. Princess died, died 97, the same year Final Fantasy VII came out. Hmm. Conspiracy. <laughs> she played it. Couldn't... Square Enix. Square Enix did it. <laughs> Square Enix did it to replicate the death of Ares in real life. <laughs> Secret. I do not like the 3D models. Do not make that game. <laughs> this is not good sprite work. What is this polyhexagonal <laughs> hand? Why are they all triangles? Cloud should have been a detective, Sam. <laughs> what parasite, Eve? <laughs> this is not Detective Joe. Sorry. <laughs> That's right, Detective Joe. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yes. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the Tarviran podcast, a podcast where maybe she was, maybe she funded yeah, the movie. Possibly. That's another conspiracy. What did Princess Diana? Oh God, yes. <laughs> what made Square Enix knock her off? <laughs> In a bad way. Nope, just kidding. Just Sorry, kidding. Square, don't sue us. <clears throat> we know you didn't kill Princess Di. Um, the Queen did. We know you uh, watched I mean, every um, pie we made. <laughs> uh, <laughs> someone did. <laughs> um, the paparazzi? <laughs> the French paparazzi? Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. The next thing out of my mouth, I I definitely should not say that because we'll lose every single listener. All right, Bill, you absolutely must stop talking <sighs> now. Thank I'm you. Lord, you. Thank you. That's, see, this is why I need a co-host. There you go. <laughs> Because um, I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, but I said penis a lot. You did. I yeah. I I, I do not want to be associated with the penis, <laughs> the penis cast, cast. So if you want to branch Hello, that welcome off, welcome to penis cast with myself. <laughs> I mean, uh, not just myself. No. <laughs> uh, there you go. Invite Rich to record Telegram, but accidentally tell accidentally <laughs> start up a new pod and be like, "What?" <laughs> so rich. How penis today? Um, <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> Well, let's let's um, let's uh, let's bring up the elephant in the room now that we're talking. Probably answer you. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Rich. Shall we? So Rich Go has had his it. medical problem. No, um, <laughs> with his penis. Uh, no, um, so yes, guys, as as you've also okay. noticed with the uh, the recent um, unscheduled hiatuses, and then me and Rob sort of throwing out a couple of uh, solo episodes, we are struggling to nail down a recording session between <clears> the three of us. And at the moment, what we found is we've me and Rob have managed to work out something that works for us, but we can't find anything that works for Rich. <laughs> and uh, I have I have I have spoken to him separately. You know, well. um, so he is aware okay. of this fact, <laughs> and he is aware of the fact that he may need to, he may need. I mean, to he's got a busy recording schedule. Yeah, he's got busy recording schedule with other podcasts, yeah. uh, and as well as his work, because um, after sort of things eased up with the lockdown, and everything. He's now having to drive into work, which is like uh, quite far away. Like before, he was working um, on a college yeah, campus, which was quite close to his house. And now I think it's like an hour or an hour and a half drive away uh, or something. So, yeah, so he has to leave at the time that we start recording for this. And we can't do really any earlier. So, Rich can only join us if he gets up at like mm. five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> which, is, which is a pretty big ask, I have to say, you know. I think he should do it. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, that, that yeah. is a big ask. Uh, Rich is a big guy, but that is a big ask. So um, we will try and get Rich on occasionally. Um, we'll see what we can do via, uh, with recording schedules and stuff. 
And uh, yeah, if Rich ever says maybe maybe once in yeah, a while, if Rich ever yeah. says something works for him, and maybe say myself or Rob can't make it, then the other one will jump on, and then we will get Rich back. But don't worry, guys. This is just like the uh, the fifth book of the Wheel of Time, where Perrin suddenly goes for a long walk for six books. <laughs> so <laughs> we will. Or or one of those chapters where where an Aes Sedai just wanders through the White Tower for for four <laughs> yeah, like one of those ones, <laughs> or like where Rand just runs around the, the <laughs> keep for six for six chapters, something like that, you know. <laughs> uh, yes. But yeah, I'm thinking maybe I'll try and convince Rich to see if he can give us like um uh, almost like a, a Rich's corner or so we say Rich's foundry <laughs> section where he gives us like yeah. his thoughts on the chapter or bits that he liked, or maybe we'll just get him to only comment on the pairing bits and in the back. <laughs> Or, or have him in the background here like an anvil because he'll be working over the anvil. Rich's Smithy. See, whenever, whenever I think of that, though. Rich's Smithy. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Yeah, Smithy's good. I like that. Um, yeah, what other, what other uh, iron-based things can we think of? I thought of Foundry. You thought of Smithy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Rich's <laughs> anvil time. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to get anywhere with that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, every time I think of that, the, the sound of... Rich, Rich, I have a, I have a Rich, Rich banging away. Yeah, Rich's banging corner. <laughs> um, <laughs> every time I think of an anvil, I just hear this uh, um, song by a band. I think they're called Anvil, actually, which is called Metal on Metal. And it literally is like them going, Metal on Metal, with guitar riffs. And in the background, there's just, Ching, 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 throughout the whole song. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, I like this. This is good. <laughs> this, High quality yeah, this is, stuff. This man. is high quality stuff, you know. They are singing about what they believe in, which is metal on metal. <laughs> they obviously love working in the ironworks. <laughs> so you tell me that we have a season three no review song? Uh, we will have a season three no review song. I plan to do a different song every season. <laughs> I'm I'm torn whether to just sort of go rogue or maybe always have the mother theme in there. You mean you can go more rogue than you did Well, the thing is, we, we've made quite a few jokes about Danzig and the mother song in the run-up to season two. So it was kind of like, in my head, I was just like, this, oh, yeah. has, got to be the, this has got to be the song that I do for no reviews. Well, that was when you when you started calling me mother and then saying, refer to Robert as mother. And I was like, only call to be mother if you're singing the dance. Robert is the mother of the Tarviron podcast. <laughs> he is our Amberlynn seat. <laughs> and he's he's also a really and good fish monger. back the crane for everybody. <laughs> yes, but to peel back the curtain, so Bill did send in a lyrics for his version of Mother. Then he went ahead and recorded it, and totally forgot the lyrics that he wrote. Yeah, those lyrics forever exist on my. <laughs> he literally just winged it. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, actually, if you guys want to nominate a song for we'll for, get there. For, for the next season, which is obviously you know. 50 episodes away or whatever. <laughs> but if you guys do want to nominate a song for me to murder and then, and then listen to it each week when you don't give us mm-hmm. podcast reviews. Because speaking of which... I think I, I, I'll put up... Well, I'm going to nominate... Think, I forget the exact title, but what's the song from the ball? Mother, do you think she's good? Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't, um, because, yeah, the problem problem with some albums and some records um, is that, like, say, The Wall, I've only got that on vinyl. And... Yeah, so oh, really? and it's not something I ever generally listen to on my phone. You know, you know I'm a bit of a metalhead. Uh, I am also quite into yeah. some classic sort of '60s, '70s music like um, uh, Joni Mitchell and things like that. I'm, I'm on a real big Joni Mitchell kick at the moment. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, and Joan Baez, I just I've just got off my Joan Baez kick. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, Municipal Suicide as well. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I've got I've got an eclectic range, but um, but yeah, for some reason there are some there are some things like that where I just 
I just want to put it on the vinyl. You know, there's Pink uh, there's Pink Floyd's The Wall, uh, Led Zeppelin Two. Um, uh, I do like Carol King's Tapestry, but I love it on vinyl. You know, it's so much better on vinyl. And uh, what's the other one I was going to say? Uh, there's another really good one. Uh, oh, uh, Aladdin Sane by uh, Bowie. Love that. Yeah, those those albums. Yeah, I don't know what it Bowie. is, but there's just something extra about them when you listen to them on vinyl. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things. But yeah, but anyway, we haven't got any reviews, Rob. So uh, after I've just re- referred to four of the greatest albums of all time, here's me singing Mother by Zandig. You run. <laughs> all right. Unlock Bilzig from the cage. <laughs> Yeah. 
leave us a review. Mother! No, no, no extra, please. <laughs> oh, so, please. Take your daughter out tonight. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to do a Metallica song. <laughs> oh, but do we have eight minutes to spare? Are you going to become Bill Hadfield? Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Uh, or I could do that one from Gary Jinks. It's like 12 and a half minutes long. Oh, God. No. <laughs> no. Hey, it's such a great song. <laughs> come, come into my coven. <laughs> and become Satan's child. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Uh, anyway. So, yeah. Sorry, guys. No reviews this week, so you've had to listen to that bollocks again. <laughs> Leave us a review, please. It really helps the show. It's such please a small a, thing. Leave a review. Simply just put the word review. Yes. That will work. Review. Or, or please, please save my ears. Uh, probably five star. <laughs> you, know, you might get one star saying, I'm just fed up listening to this song. Stop playing it. <laughs> that would work too. Mm. That would, but I would still keep playing the song, so it'd be a waste of your waste of your review. No, if they leave a review, <laughs> no matter what, one star, five star. Say I hate Robert, but I don't want the song. That will work. Oh, uh, Billzig. Anyway, anyway, enough enough <laughs> enough zigging out. Uh, what uh, what's going on in the world of weird time, man? I gave I gave oh. I actually had some news last week, Rob. How good was that? I know there was stuff happening. It's wheels are turning. Rosalind Pike's interviewing. That would be so good. You know, I, I was funny because, <laughs> little quick side tangent. If if I ever got to review Rafe Judkins, the entire Wheel of Time uh, fan base would probably hate me because I'm such a Survivor fan. I probably wouldn't want to talk to him about being on Survivor for an hour. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> and he like, didn't you want to talk about the show on a show? I'm like, yeah, but Jeff Probst, how is it on the island? Really? And, you know, I'd be, I would be that way. I'd be the total Survivor nerd and. Oh yeah, that's right. You, you're directing something, right? What's that like? <laughs> What's but, that? Like? But back to the island. <laughs> yeah, back to the island. Is Jeff Probst really that good? You know, anyway, um, I happened the other day to Google Wheel of Time cast, and I don't know if we ever covered this, but there's a few key pieces that have been cast. Um, you know, we have a Min Farshaw now. No, I didn't. Who's playing Min? Looks like Kay Alexander. Um, looks like um. I'm actually doing this live with you on the report here. <laughs> Looking through her, she has been in, she was in the most recent Maleficent movie with um, Angelina Jolie. Okay. So she's got some Disney chops. Um, we also have, I oh. think, um, Daryl McCormick. He was cast earlier, but no one knew who he was at first. He had been cast as Mr. Player himself, Aram the Tinker. <gasps> so, oh, I yep. love Aram. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> we have also this is kind of interesting. Um, gentleman by the name of I want to hopefully pronounce this right. Pasha Bokari has okay. been cast as Master Grinwell. So if we have Master Grinwell, you know who else is going to be cast? Uh, Submaster Grinwell. Elsie Grinwell. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh well, she has to be. Yeah. She she so, comes back. She comes back, but I mean. <laughs> She could. They could have just bring her in originally then, but they're going to go. Obviously, going to go through the scene with Matt and Par- Matt and um, sorry Rand. You know, making their way to Camelin, stopping off at random farms. So we're going to have that one scene with 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 the farmer's daughter. Farmer's daughter. So I hope I hope they don't add just like grotesque 
Yeah, I've got Joker's sex scenes in for no reason. That's the big thing that that I know that the whole community has been wondering because they don't want it to be just Game of Thrones in that regard. It's going to, you know, it takes, I mean, to be honest, there's lots of nudity in the Wheel of Time, but nothing of a sexual nature, really. It's always been like a... I can't really think of much nudity, though. Well, weren't all, uh, see, I can, I'm thinking of certain scenes that I'm not going to spoil. And yeah, the only op- there's, there's only like one certain... open sex scene that I can remember from the whole series. I, I know, yeah, that's true, but it happens in like a snowy thing. Okay, <laughs> spoiler pause. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> we're back from spoiler land, people. Spoiler land, but I wanted to mention we have the casting, the the one that everybody was waiting for. We have Mr. David Stern cast as Sen Bui. Oh. That's news to me. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Avienda. <laughs> yeah, nope, I don't see her listed. And and who, who's that name? I don't know that person. We I'm just, I'm just making up yet. names off the top of my head, Rob. You know, <laughs> 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 there's there's going to be like four thousand other characters in the future, Rob. Like I'm sure we can just say random names. <laughs> like, oh, Testetra <laughs> is going to come in in book nine. <laughs> she's going to yeah. she's going to really mess things up. <laughs> Wait till the dinosaurs show up. <laughs> anyway. That's no, the aliens, man. <laughs> it's when the aliens it's, come it's, in book 11. Things go just mental. <laughs> Pledge of Legions. Yeah, and then when Mulder and the Scully aliens. come in book 12 to get rid of them. <laughs> this, place, this book's all over the place. Anyway. But then Dumbledore will, Dumbledore will cast uh, Holy and, and save the world. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> Have we offended enough fan bases yet? This may have been older news to, to, to some of those that are deeper entrenched into the into the Twitter of time, but like I said, I happened to Google this the other day, and I was like, oh, I didn't know this person was cast. Oh, I didn't know this person was cast. Oh, look, we got to send we now. You know. So that's months old news. Sorry, but <laughs> this is breaking stuff on the Tavera and Wheel of Time podcast. Yeah, well, we haven't been around for a month, so. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So let's have a word from our sponsor, shall we? Here is Rich from the uh, Rich from the Ironworks. <laughs> <laughs> Bang that smithy! I mean, wait, no. <laughs> have you ever tried eating a corned beef sandwich in zero gravity? Are you a veteran of the Great Emu War of 1932? Do you long for a simpler time when the world's greatest global crisis involved horse manure? If, if the, the answer, answer to any of these questions, questions was no, then, then we, we have, have the, the podcast, podcast for you. Epic Fails of History. A podcast that delves into the most epic fails of, um, history. Now I am become death, the despair of worlds. Epic feels. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We've got more random tales of fail coming your way, so stay tuned for more epic fails of history. Metal on metal, boom, boom. You know, I think that's gonna be. I think that's gonna be next next season's song at this rate. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, yes, enjoy some Anvil next season, people. Anyway, where are we? What are we doing? <clears throat> oh yeah, we just got. Oh, well, this is Willie Time Podcast, isn't it? Yeah, my name is Blood, and I just got a call on my phone from someone named Blood. 
blood. <laughs> blood calls blood. Blood calls blood. That is. That is thanks for, that la- was thanks really, for not laughing at that, that really good joke. That was a really good intro, man. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. I saw a, I saw a meme as well, like a really old picture of Donald Trump doing the blood symbol with his hands. <laughs> when you said blood, oh my god! Do you know what? Do you know what? He was he was almost dead. He almost I wish he did because it was been so stupid. When he had his when he came out and did his um back speech to um, the White House, he was he wanted to wear a Superman costume under his shirt and, and rip it off like he was Superman. <laughs> well, because you call him Orange Man. Oh my god! <laughs> Banana Man. Orange Man. <laughs> Orange man had a big had a big O instead of an S. You can oh, kill wait, me like an don't, orange a tangerine. Don't stop me! Don't don't trigger me! <laughs> I don't want to get too political unless we're talking about Caroline. Uh, I think I you know I, we're not getting political, but I think it's okay to mock the person to like to mock the appearance of uh, politicians <laughs> because because quite True. frankly, both of our our current leaders just look like I mean what <laughs> I just. I just Did want Boris Johnson. I just want all oh, yeah. That's that's what I mean. I just want you, Boris, to comb your hair, or <laughs> or just or just shave it short. Just just something, or to look a little bit more professional. Is, does he have like people with a fan by him to make him look like you know he's like a model in like some exotic location with the hair blowing in the breeze? Well, that, that's what I mean. It's just like it's not, like it's not it's like you know I'm not I'm not going to say it's not just Boris. You know I don't want to, like I say don't want to get political. Like the last. The last leader of the opposition that we had over here, who was um, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, it's just like um, I get I get kind of his point of view because he was always like a, a backbencher and he was a lot a lot more liberal. But just wear a fucking tie, <laughs> please. <laughs> just wear a tie. Like you are going to work and you are trying to get yourself like you are advertising yourself as a position to run the country. Just look professional. It's not hard. I do it for work. I've been sitting at home for like almost nine months now, and I still wear a shirt. <laughs> and pe- and like people often comment. To Thank me, God like, for that. Like people often comment to me like, "Why are you still wearing a shirt?" It's just like you could just wear a t-shirt or something. It's just like, well, you know, I don't know. Like I may end up getting because I, I work in support. I may end up jumping on a call with someone, and their clients on the other end they won't want to see me sitting here in a Slayer t-shirt for bleeding skull down it, do they? So just if you're gonna. If you're going to try and run a country, just look professional. And like, it's the same with Donald Trump. Why that fake tan? Like, it's the worst fake tan on earth. Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, at least, yeah, Keir Starmer. The comments of Bill are not represented by the Tavarin as a whole. Thank you for listening to Bill's what, perspective. Is that not fake tan? I think the tan is the least fake thing about <laughs> Donald Trump. But once again, I don't want to go too deep into the hole. Yeah, uh, this is merely a fashion podcast, you know. Just just look professional for work, people. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. You know, dress for the dress for the uh, job you want to do, not the job, not the job you're doing. So we'll tell Boris to look professional, just, and we'll tell my guy to yeah. act professional. Yeah, Boris get a haircut. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn wear a tie. Although that doesn't matter anymore because uh, Keir Starmer runs the Labour Party, and he does look professional. But he used to be a lawyer, so I expect it from him. <laughs> but yeah, I just want people to look professional. All the other people around Boris look look professional. They all wear suits and ties. Come on, you're getting paid a lot of money to run our country. Anyway, <laughs> see. So back in Randland, <laughs> Randland we're, we're in I've, fall. <laughs> so my blood called what? I think my blood just boiled. Then <laughs> I forget how much that annoys. Blood called blood. I how much that sort of to, thing annoys me. <laughs> went from blood called blood to Jeremy Corbyn wearing a goddamn tie. Yes, then. that's 
the word that's how bill's mind works <laughs> oh god um yeah so well, like 25 minutes in i've barely mentioned anything so matt matt matt's lying on matt's been taken out of the ambulance seat this room isn't he <laughs> he's oh. lying on his on his hammock thing what, what do they call it a stint um Ah, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, the, th- the thing they put sick people on, and then... Critter, uh, the litter. Litter, that's it, yeah, he's on his litter, that's it. Yep. <laughs> he's on his kitty litter, uh, yes. doing, a, doing a, going to the toilet in the corner of the ambulance seats room, and, um... <laughs> oh, I'm too, I'm too, I'm too fuming about the tie thing now, Rob. <laughs> I can't concentrate. Um, yes, and Moraine, oh. Moraine mentions how tired they all feel after healing Matt, <clears throat> and I believe it took four eights to die, is that right? At least three. I know it was Varen, Moraine, and Swan. At least. Was Leanne, Could have been a fourth in there. Was Leanne not involved? I thought like Leanne may have helped. Maybe. <clears throat> mm, but yeah, but... Leanne's involved. Yeah, I would, I'm would. i going to say maybe. Yep. Leanne directed the litter bearers out with sharp gestures, feet, quick words. Sorry, guys. I, I'm going to pull back to Kurt again. I didn't take notes this time because Bill wanted to record right now. Right now. So right now. if you can hear this... Right that's me actually flipping the pages of the book. And I'm following <laughs> Bill's lead, so help me God. Yes, and my notes are terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well-oiled machine. Yes, well-oiled, well-oiled machine. machine. Uh, yeah, but Moraine's tired. You know, it's taken all four of them all night long to heal Matt, even using her angry owl, which is gently wrapping up in its little wrappings. Good night, angry owl. You go to bed now. <laughs> my precious. My precious. My precious angry owl. They won't take you back. The White Tower won't take you back. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, but yes, um, yeah. And then Verin goes into a nice little uh, retic uh, <clears throat> about um, how Matt is still joined to the dagger and he still won't have much time. And she actually only gives him months. Um, yeah, she. Because they've done all the healing they can without the dagger present, but they can't fully heal him unless he gets the dagger. And then Verin, who I absolutely loved the bits, just completely goes off on one about, hmm. So he'll eventually go mad <laughs> and start infecting other people with this dark madness. I wonder how long it'll take him to affect 100 people. <laughs> I know. Uh, and Moraine's comment is literally like, God, she just treats everything like it's some sort of Sudoku puzzle. <laughs> everything is a puzzle. It's just, there's no, you know, the world could be crumbling around her, but it's all puzzles and, and, and solving problems. It's all, all puzzles in a book. <clears throat> but I just, I just love Varen. She's so like, to the point, it's great. <laughs> and if oh well, no. yeah i agree Varen is a very very as we'll find deep character very robust um especially and you, know, you, you want to cut this up as that when we do get Varen centric pieces of the book that a lot of things become revealed oh yeah but it's because she's so i mean she shows it in she, she shows it very well in this chapter how um even because yeah we'll, we'll get to this actually no we'll get to that in a bit We'll come back to this point in a bit because mm-hmm. it's kind of like at the end of this little section of varying. <clears throat> There's a good point to be made <laughs> on that. <laughs> um, go ahead. But yeah, so they go. They kind of have their like uh, Ace and I back and forth between the three of them, of all sort of sneakily trying to get their points in. But they basically decide the only person who can safely retrieve the dagger so that Matt can be fully healed is actually Matt himself. So they kind of, you know, yes. <clears throat> again, just like the whole Ace Die thing of just playing with people's lives. Matt is still unconscious on a litter, being taken to the infirmary or whatever it is in in Faldara, and um, and they're just like, yeah, we'll we'll send him out with the people looking to retrieve the Great Horn, which has just been nicked. 
Yeah, they're 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 assuming that the horn and the dagger are together. Yes. Um, but this is this is kind of does make some logical sense. It's like the One Ring in, in the Lord of the Rings. Mm. No one, no one can really take it. Only certain people who can take it, and then hopefully that person would then throw it into the volcano. Yeah. So no one else can go get the dagger because once they get the dagger, they're going to have to handle the dagger, and then they'll, then they'll be, be infected just as sick by as the darkness. Matt. Yeah. Yep. So then they'll have to be healed as well as Matt. So the only exactly. person who can safely handle it because of the fact he's had a lot of um, the Acidai healing and they've buffered him from the dagger is going to be Matt. So he will be able mm. to collect it and will have enough time to sort of, you know, bring himself back to Acidai and be completely cured from his connection to it. But they also... So, I mean... Oh, go on, Gary. I was just going to say, so the, the Acidai, I mean, it makes logical sense to me. And that's another one of the things where the, you, you think that the Acidai are just cold-hearted calculating people, but the logic does hold that Matt has to be the one to do it. Definitely, yeah. It's complete, yeah. I mean, it does make logical sense. But it's just the whole fact Mm -hmm. that they're just discussing what Matt's going to do next while Matt's unconscious. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to go on this huge quest with, uh, with, is it it Ingtar who's doing the the search for the horn? I think think Ingtar, yeah. I don't know. I I think they mentioned Agamar has basically arranged for people to go find the horn. They're just like, well, Matt can go with them and collect the dagger because they're bound to be together. And yes. um, and then they'd start the conversation moves on to Padding Fane because they are like, well, you know, it was one thing for the uh, Trollocs and Shadow Spawn to um, uh, risk entering Faldara Keep to try and you know recover the Horn of Valer, but also they took an even bigger risk in rescuing Padding Fane. So he must be important in some way to the Shadow Spawn. Because they've they've made double they've made an extra risk to go and rescue him. Yeah, he was way down deep in the dungeon, so they had to do a lot of go go way deep into the keep to find him. Exactly. So yeah, so they've made a huge huge risk in coming into the Faldara Castle to get the horn, and then also rescue Padden Fane at the same time. So he must be very very prominent uh, to the whole to whatever's going on and they're just like wow that's 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 madness and then this is where um uh, Verin suddenly kicks in uh and she tells him about the translation on the wall that she got yes uh which is a very 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 dark prophecy now uh do you mind if i read this out Rob? go for it so here we go because I, I i just loved this bit of the book so Verin ruffled through the pages then cleared her throat and began in a calm level voice Daughter of the night, she walks again. The ancient war, she yet fights. Her new lover, she seeks. Who shall stave her and die? Who, who, who shall serve her and die? Sorry, yet serve still. And who shall stand against her coming? The shining walls shall kneel. Blood feed blood, feeds blood. Blood calls blood. Blood is and blood was and blood shall ever be. A man who channels stands alone gives his friends for sacrifice two roads before him one to death beyond dying one to life eternal Uh, which will he choose which will he choose what hand shelters what hand slays blood feeds blood blood calls blood blood is and blood was and blood shall ever be Uh, luke came to the mounting of doom Uh, isam waited in high passes in the high passes the hunt now begins the shadow hounds now cur uh, now course and kill one did live and one did die, but both are. The time of change has come. 
Blood feeds blood, blood calls blood, blood is and blood was, and blood shall ever be. The watchers wait on Tom on Tommen's head. Uh, the seed of hammer burns the ancient tree. Uh, death shall sow and summer burn before the great Lord comes. Death shall reap and bodies fail before the great Lord comes. Again, the seed slays ancient wrong before the great Lord comes. Now the great Lord comes. Now the great Lord comes. Uh, blood feeds blood. Blood calls blood. Blood is. Blood was. Blood shall ever be. Now the great Lord comes. Now, I think that'd be really good if we sung that to Imagine by John Lennon. <laughs> Why ruin a perfect song? <laughs> what with Imagine? <laughs> what with Yoko Ono? Um, <laughs> Look at all the blood Daughter of dripping the on the world. She walks again. The she yet fights. God. <laughs> blood feeds blood. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry. I don't know where these thoughts yeah, come um, from sometimes. But yeah, so that is the prophecy of the shadow. And <clears throat> yep, uh, she cautions very not to speak that to anyone. So... Um, Correct. So from this prophecy, they you know they get the bits together in their head and they're like, well, okay, this is, this is talking about Lanfear, uh, which is a... Passage. It's our first mention of her, isn't it? Yes, I believe so. Uh, and this passage worries them greatly. So Lanfear is one of the forsaken and a particularly dangerous one. I think they say that she's like only second or third in power of the old forsaken. And she's a, she's a scary or... prospect. And she also used to be the former lover of... What's his name? Luz Perrin? Luz Perrin? Luz Perrin. She's his former lover before he got to, with his with his nice wife. <laughs> Have you seen my Elena? My Elena. <laughs> oh, my Elena Bala. Um, Elena. Have you seen her? All right. As a callback to our <laughs> first podcast. Um, and then, yeah, oh, Verin then goes on to explain the possible meanings of the other lines. And this gives her an opening to mention that she knows what Moraine and the Amrilin are up to. Bum, bum, dum, dum, <laughs> she knew all along. <laughs> she did, and yeah. But but she drops it like, well, of course she, I knew what you're doing. It's obvious, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it, I think and she, that was she, the whole yeah, thing. She literally says, "You did this, you did this, you did this, you did this, and you did this." And they're like, "Oh God, we think we've been hiding in the shadows." And like Varian's just sitting there, just calmly taking it all in and just seeing, every, all seeing everything that we're doing. And it's just like, yeah, that's why I love Varian. She just seems so, you know. <laughs> Like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, unassuming. <laughs> but, oh no, she's like, yeah. But, but quick question though. Yeah. When when Fade left the message for Rand, he mentioned Toman's head, right? Yes. And now all of a sudden it pops up. Well, yeah. Again well, in this prophecy. Well, she suspects that actually Fane wrote the prophecy because this is one of the writings mm-hmm. that was in a, uh, in a human Trolloc hand. Ha- yeah, it was Trolloc writing, but it, it was definitely written by a human hand. Uh, so she suspects Fane wrote this prophecy anyway. Um, and yeah, okay. so yeah, we seem to be coming towards a, a coming together on Toman's head between Fane and Rand at some point. That's what Fane seems to think anyway. Um, yes. And yeah, so, uh, you know, of course, suddenly realizing that someone understands or knows what they're up to, <clears throat> both um, both Swan and um, Rain pull in some of the one power. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, there you go. You're definitely up to no good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it was a defensive reflex and even moraine in her head goes oh we shouldn't have done that because that just completely gave away what we're doing <laughs> but yeah, i think i think that's kind of yeah i think the way very drops it as well it's just like so the boy he's dragon reborn right 
The one from the dungeon? <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> so you have the most dangerous person in creation downstairs, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you guys are just, you know, shuffling them around. <laughs> but then you think about it. I mean, Varen's eyes to die. I don't know how much strength and power she has, but, I mean, she would immediately know if the other two had tried to pull anything one power-wise. So why try to pull something on her? Because she'll just immediately know, and that would have, as it did, confirmed her hypothesis yeah exactly and um but. so so basically you know varian kind of joins the inner circle she says she won't um expose them to the reds or anything because she uh, again she's just like it's a puzzle in a book she's like we've never actually like charted the progress of a man going insane from using the one power <laughs> so i think it'll be an interesting oh, study right. <laughs> she's just like will, will his fingers fall off first or, or, or will he go insane and bite them <laughs> off this is very fascinating yeah exactly stuff. so it's just like she's she's really creepy but uh moraine does end this little uh section from because this is this is all i think we've got to mention this is from moraine's point of view <laughs> uh, uh, yeah uh, yeah moraine sort of mentions vaguely in her head that you know although the fault sickens her she has to be prepared to take care of Varian just in case and then we get a sudden switch to Perrin it's good old Rich <laughs> well before we do that I love Marie's inner monologue she goes might help me Varen. how I loved you for those sweet cakes because I guess she Varen reminds the two of them who, who, who snuck you guys you know candies or, or sweets when you were novices but she goes uh, but I will do what I must do I will I must. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, dark, dark, Mar- dark Moraine again kind of peers her ugly head. Don't get in my way. Oh, well, that's, that's political Moraine, isn't Fuck it? You I up. she'd wear a tie. Yeah. <laughs> she'd comb her hair. Her. Well, Varen Ver- probably wouldn't comb her hair. No, but, no. But... No, but then she's like, <laughs> she, you know, you, you think of Varen as being more like an admin girl, wouldn't you? She'll be working at the back, making sure the books are balanced. She'd be the librarian. Yeah. <laughs> um, Whereas, yeah, Moraine's actually running the country, so she needs to wear a nice suit and tie and comb her hair. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to Suit and Tie Cast. Um, so, so, yeah, we switched to uh, Perrin's point of view. And uh, Perrin is trying to sneak into the infirmary to visit Matt. Um, and I think there is an Ace of Dye stopping him. I think it's Leanne. I think Le- well, yeah, Leanne's there. Yeah, she keeps sending him well, away. Him. Uh, but yeah, so she's watching. I guess she's watching over Matt. So yeah, she was part of the. Uh, I guess the healing, healing ritual, whatever you want to call it. Hmm. Um, but doesn't Perrin also go into? Uh, he was seen by Leandrin, or he overheard Leandrin was looking for him. Um, yeah, no, he talks about. Um, yeah, he talks about how uh, before the alarm bells went off and everything. He just kind of, because mm-hmm. he gets quite restless with his old um, uh, wolf thing that he's got going on, he went and sat in some gardens by himself. And he was discovered by one of Lady, I want to say, Amelisa? Amelia Tamora. Tamora. Yeah, she was discovered by one of her serving girls and and the lady. And she said, quick, fetch um, uh, Leandrin Sadai of the red yeah and she actually says of the red as well um <laughs> so he's just like sitting there sitting there you know in the dark with his bright yellow glowing eyes <laughs> scaring the shit out of the people <laughs> in feldara keep <laughs> and um and yeah he's just like oh my god they think i can channel and then suddenly the alarms go off that's right and that's kind of how he's he talking it. to matt that's that's how we get this story he, he's talking to matt <clears throat> but he's talking to himself because matt's asleep you know unconscious mm. yeah 
Yeah. And so he's thinking, Red, what the Reds want? What the hell do the Reds want with me? You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hello, I'll grab the channel. <laughs> channel. I can't channel. So. I can't blow your channel. I just got golden ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, he does also know, know as well why Matt's asleep that he smells wrong, but he can't quite put his finger on it. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's uh, Perry being able to smell the um, the dark one's touch on Rand from from the dagger. <clears throat> but but Rand does sort of get a moment of lucidity. He comes around a little bit. Matt. <clears throat> and um, yeah, Matt. That's what I said, wasn't it? What was that, Rand? <laughs> You're hey, whatever. Yeah, Matt wakes up. He's like, remember, remember. It's like, oh, I would. Eggwayne asked me to go down and yeah. see Fane, and then it all goes black from yeah, there. He's like, oh, well, she didn't actually ask me. <laughs> she told me. And then, yeah, he kind of just sort of like falls asleep again as well. And then that's the point yeah. where Leanne walks in, and um, she doesn't actually tell Perrin to get out. She actually says, hey. <laughs> you're you're tall. Hey, you're a good looking boy. I swear, if I was a member of the Greens, <laughs> it's just like, whoa. <laughs> Hey, Perrin's like, what, but, 17 years old? You must be like, what, pushing 100? <laughs> hey, never ask an idea or true age. <laughs> no. Oh, well, I mean, actually, that's a good point, actually. In the last in the last bit with Moraine, she mentions that um, uh, Verin had a touch of grey in her hair. And because she had the yep. uh, Aes Sedai agelessness, that marks her as being very old indeed. So Verin must be pushing, like, uh, like maybe 200? Or, like, somewhere between I 100 and 200 mark. Without without giving too much, somewhere later down the storyline, the books will will get into more of the minutia of Aes Sedai age. But yeah, she might be pushing a buck forty, a buck. I think maybe buck forty, buck fifty. Hmm. But maybe well, more on, more on that way later down the road. No, I thought, I thought it was a bit older than that. But yeah, um, uh, I could be wrong. But yeah, Leanne walks in, you know, <laughs> gets parried, and this is probably my my favorite bit of of this chapter. Is uh, she grabs Perrin on his way out and looks into his eyes, and she says, "Hmm, you definitely weren't born with those eyes, or I'm a white cloak." <laughs> and, and Perrin's just like, "These are the only eyes I've ever had," you know, which is technically true. <clears throat> they just they just changed color recently. <laughs> but then we have a <clears throat> go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I just love this bit because when she first walks in, she says, "Like, don't think you can." She says something to him like, "Don't think you can handle me. I've had lots of brothers who are just as big and broad shoulders as you are." And then there's this little back and forth between them. Then she grabs his face and looks in his eyes. <clears throat> and then he says, you know, these are the only eyes I've ever had. And then he picks her up and puts her to one side. <laughs> it just walks out. I actually, I actually called this one of the times parents was stupid. <laughs> yeah. For manhandling and nice to die. Definitely. But she's just as shocked as he's just as shocked that he did it. And it's just really <laughs> funny. It's just like, I, I, had that, to, that... I had to go over that twice in the book. It's just like, he picks it yeah, up and puts it on side. It's just like... But, it, but Jordan makes a note. He, he, let me read it here. Because he, he took her gently by the arms and lifted her to one side, setting her down again out of his way. So made a note of it to make sure this was nothing very gentle, just like, whoop, whoop, <laughs> nothing, nothing rough. Ooh, but, bitch, get out the yeah. way. <laughs> You normally don't want to manhandle an eyes to die. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's just... and she was she was in so much shock that it happened. She just kind of let it happen and didn't say anything. Or it was just one of those things like that just happened. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. She's like, oh my god, did I actually do that? <laughs> She's like, I, I can't wait for that bit in the in the TV show. <laughs> that would be that would be a good one. Over there. <laughs> anyway, and that, that kind of brings the end to uh, Perrin's point of view, and then we flick over to Rand. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, Rand's Rand has um, he's been able to un- he's been able to make himself leave basically. So, yes. <clears throat> end of the last chapter. Uh, what's his face? Land said, <clears throat> "You can leave at any time." Um, Agomar's given permission that you are the only person allowed to leave. <clears throat> this kind of makes this kind of makes Rand very angry and very confused, and he's lying down on his bed, and then Perrin comes in. Uh, so Rand says, "You know, you know how's 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 Egwene and Matt doing? Are they okay? And <laughs> Perrin continues to call Rand my lord, which really pisses him off. Well, the funny off. thing is, well, at first when Rand asks Perrin, how's everybody? Perrin just goes right into it, gives him his, you know, as an old friend would, you know, oh, I can't, Egwene's in the women's chamber, he was Matt's just unconscious, I can, you know, can't talk to him much. Then, like, after a minute, he's like, wait a second, I'm pissed off at you. Yeah. Why didn't you go, what do you want from me, my lord? Yeah. You know, you know, took the whole why don't you go check on him yourself? <laughs> but I, I, I think it's funny that Perrin forgot he was mad and had to remind remind himself, oh yeah, I'm mad at you. <laughs> yeah, I'm pissed at you because you told me to fuck off <laughs> two chapters ago. <laughs> yeah. But it was it's it's you know, we get Perrin's point of view, we get Rand's point of view. Rand's like Rand tries to smooth it over, he's like, Oh hey, do you remember um Oh, that Leanne said I. She reminds me of Master Thane bossing everybody around. Then he tries to have a little funny anecdote. Hey, you want to hear something funny? And then all of a sudden we find out Leanne hit on Rand as well. Right? Yeah. <laughs> sorry, did I catch you there? Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I got distracted for a second. All right. <laughs> Let's see. So she's telling she's telling Perrin he's broad shoulders and, and where was where was he when she was young? She tells Rand tall aren't you where were you when i was 16 or even 30 and then laughed at him <laughs> yeah she's a horny old lady she's a horned dog <laughs> but it's he's trying to break the ice with parent and then parent's not buying it yeah so definitely. the conversation continues where you can tell now parents pissed off and he starts with the whole my lord crap and until he finally breaks down he's like listen you didn't really mean all that stuff you said right Rand's like, of course I didn't. I just said that for your own safety. Yeah. And then he's like, well, so, then, we, so we can leave together, right? Yeah. Rand's like, mm, <laughs> not <I know>. really. <laughs> you can't, but you got to understand that I can you know, slam. Yeah, Perrin just slams the door, off he goes, which is unusual for Perrin. He's not normally that sort of um, calm, uh, that um, that angry and that impetuous, just slamming the door yeah, well, and stomping off down the hall. Like, it's not really like him. I know, well, the stuff that not being able to leave with his friends is what's setting him off. So he's hmm. uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically acting impetuous, but not being able to leave with Rand really hurt his feelings. Hmm. But one man leaves, another man enters. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Lan, Lan comes in now. And um, he's just like, right, you, boy, cheap herder. Up you get. <laughs> and uh, the, Amerlin's, the Amerlin wants you. Oh, I just remembered as well, actually. Um, oh, in the in the Perrin point of view bit, um, when Leanne's talking to him, he has one of those moments where he's just like, "Ah, oh, Rand's so good at talking at women." <laughs> I, yep. I always yeah, just another, say another player. Yep. Yep. So that's got to go down on the on the on the tip sheet. Oh yeah, I duly noted. Yep. And then I think we get about twenty sheep herders here. <laughs> oh, at least that's what sort of reminded me of it. It's just like I had a note of that. I think, I think Lan's in the thirties now overall. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going to run away with this, I think. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yep. he gives he gives he gives Rand instructions on what to do. And man, some of these things are really bloody complicated. 
Like he's got a very, very much pump. He's got a kneel down, touch his forehead, touch his toes, do the okie turn around, drop three drops of water on the floor. <laughs> and just like, why? Yeah, why do I need to pour my drink on the floor? He's like, don't pour. I said three drops. Three, three drops. Yeah. And he's like, what does that symbolise? Like, from, it doesn't matter. From it, it symbolises for my dead homies. <laughs> yes, these are for, these are for my dead warders. <laughs> and he's just like, look, it doesn't Rand, at the moment I haven't got time to explain to you what all this shit means. <laughs> just do it and you can understand later on. He's just like Yeah, no, that's he's just like basically like I don't want you to make a fool of yourself in front of the Amrin. You know, I want you right. to like it's almost like <clears throat> she is expecting a farm boy to turn up <laughs> who just happens to be the dragon reborn. Whereas Lan is gonna be like, Nope. I'm going to present her with a king, basically. Let me let me read you this one sentence, and it kind of puts everything in perspective. Because I am on your side, sheep herder. So basically, <laughs> he's he's saying I'm on your side, but you're still a bloody sheep herder, and I'm going to keep making yeah. sure you remember that. But he even goes, it, yeah, he even goes as far as like picking out his clothes that he's going to wear. He tells him to like tuck in his shirt. <laughs> Can you imagine Lan giving fashion advice? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gives him a, a Mount a Mount Efren pin to wear, and Rand's just like, "Come on, yes, Mount Efren's dead. Gold. There is only the two rivers," and he's just like, "It'll just give him something to think about." <laughs> remind, remind them where you're from. Yeah, and he's just like, "Look, I thought you were on Moraine's side. Like, what's going on?" <laughs> he's like, "I am on her side, but I'm also on your side." So I think he sees a lot of the problems that Rand's going to have that Land has had in his life. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah. Lan was kind of the king of a dead nation, <laughs> and but he, and he never went about telling people that or wearing a golden crane or anything like that. No, but everyone knew it of him. But um, so he was just like had this forced upon him, and he realizes that Rand's going to have a lot of things forced upon him by powerful people. So he needs to appear to be powerful. So he's kind of just indirected, indirectly helping him. Um, yep. Based on his own personal experience, I feel, which is you know, it's, yeah. like, it's like I said uh, last week. Like, I love the interactions between Lan and Rand because yeah. Lan's just a complete joker. You can tell that there's a bit of fatherly love, proudness, yeah. family. You know, in training with him, you know, he may not have all the sword moves down, but he's getting it and he's trying. And and he and Lan can see there is something there beyond just you know prophecies and, and and whatever it's you know this is a good kid he, he, he if he does things right he could become something more you know, a good guy and yeah. he's trying to steer him in the right direction yeah so good on land for that and then yep then off mm-hmm. off they trot to see the amrilin which takes us into the next chapter which is the dragon reborn so not not book free <laughs> chapter no. eight. Yeah, that's... chapter eight of book two. Although I think he had to have known that when he was writing this book, that the third book was going to be called Dragon Reborn, he would name a chapter You'd... this book Dragon. You'd Reborn. hope so. They sometimes don't choose the titles of books to write to the last like minute, do they? <laughs> See, you don't know. <laughs> you may not have realized that. <laughs> okay. But yeah, we're going to have the next chapter Dragon Reborn, but that will for now lead us into readings with El Berto. With Robert. And now. The Taviren present to you readings with Rob. Chapter 7. Blood Calls Blood. Theron came in, head down and yawning, and Ran sat up. How's Egwing? And, and Bat? She's asleep, so they tell me. They wouldn't let me into the women's apartments to see her. Matt is 
Suddenly, Perrin scowled at the floor. If you're so interested, why haven't you gone to see him yourself? I thought you were not interested in us anymore. You said you weren't. He pulled open his door of the wardrobe and began rummaging for a clean shirt. I did go to the infirmary, Perrin. There was an Aes Sedai there. That tall one who's always with the Amaralyn seat? She said Matt was asleep and I was in the way, and I could come back some other time. She sounded like Master Thane ordering the men at the mill. You know how Master Thane is, all full of snap and to do it right the first time and to do it right now. Perrin did not answer. He just shucked off his coat and pulled his shirt over his head. Rand studied his friend's back for a moment, then dug up a laugh. Y you want to hear something? You know what she said to me? The Aes Sedai in the infirmary, I mean? You saw how tall she is. As tall as most men, a hand taller. And she could almost look me straight in the eyes. Well, she stared me up and down, and then she muttered, Tall, aren't you? Where were you when I was 16? Or even 30? And then she laughed as if it was all a joke. What do you think of that? Perrin finished tugging on a clean shirt and gave him a sidelong look. With his burly shoulders and thick curls, he made Rand think of a hurt bear. A bear that did not understand why he had been hurt. Perrin, I'm... If you want to make jokes with Asada, Perrin broke in. That's up to you, my lord. He began stuffing his shirt tail into his breeches. I don't spend much time being witty. Is that the word? Witty with Asada, But then, I'm only a clumsy blacksmith, and I might be in somebody's way, my lord. Snatching his coat from the floor, he started for the door. Oh, burn me, Perrin. I'm sorry. I was afraid, and I thought I was in trouble. Maybe I was. Maybe I still am. I don't know. I didn't want you and Matt to be in it with me. Light! All the women were looking for me last night. I think that's part of the trouble I'm in. I think so. And Leandrin, she... He threw up his hands. Perrin, believe me, you don't want any part of this. Perrin had stopped, but he stood facing the door and only turned his head enough for Rand to see one golden eye. Looking for you? Maybe they were looking for all of us. No, no, they were looking for me. I wish they hadn't been, but I know better. Perrin shook his head. Leandrin wanted me anyway. I know. I heard. Rand frowned. Why would she? It doesn't change anything. Look, I opened my mouth and said what I shouldn't. I didn't mean it, Perrin. Now, please, would you tell me about Matt? He's asleep. Leanne, that's the Aes Sedai, said he would be on his feet in a few hours. He shrugged uncomfortably. I think she was lying. I know Aes Sedai never lie, not so that you can catch him, but she was lying or keeping something back. He paused, looking at Rand sideways. You didn't mean all that. We will leave here together, right? You and me and Matt. I can't, Perrin. I can't tell you why, but I really do have to go by myself. Oh, Perrin, wait! The door slammed behind his friend. That was Readings with Rob. If there's a passage in an upcoming chapter you wish to have read on the podcast, simply tweet us at TavirNPod with your request. And that was Readings with Rob. And so that brings an end to this episode. So that was Chapter 7 of The Great Hunt, Blood Calls Blood. You know, uh, not Cribs This is a crib. good chapter, <laughs> <laughs> this why well, I was you know what I wasn't going to go there but thank you for going there I guess. <laughs> this right. this chapter actually had a lot of diversity to it. Um you got the darkness, you have some comedy, 
you have some interpersonal struggles. So it's and Perrin being dumb, <laughs> and Perrin doing stupid things, and, and lots of sheep herders, and yeah, I really enjoyed this chapter. And like I said, the whole thing with Perrin just picking up Leanne, <laughs> just to one side, just but that just that just cracked me up when I was reading it. It brings it brings me a, brings a smile on my face every time I think of it. Oh, it was so so funny. Um, but yes, so guys, you know, again, if you want to listen to me sing Danzig next week, don't leave us a review. <laughs> if you don't want to listen to Danzig next week, leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or no, actually Spotify don't do reviews uh, or whatever podcasting apps you can send us an email, hit us up in discord, yeah, whatever you want. Discord post works, email works. As long as we've got yeah, some, whatever, some sort of love for the show. Uh, but yep, yeah, you, that's a good point though. You can catch us on discord. You can catch our link is below. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at Tarvir and Pod, um, and there's just hundreds and hundreds of ways you can find, search, and give love to the show. You can even find us on YouTube. Leave us leave us a review in the comments of YouTube. How about that? Um, lots of places where you can subscribe, join the conversation, and join the love of the show. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know. If, oh yeah, and we've got a patron. <laughs> I always forget we've got a patron. So yeah, if you do like the show and you want to throw us a few bucks to help sort of sponsor and keep the lights on here at Tarverian Towers, then go for it. <laughs> Tarverian Towers. Tarverian Towers, yeah, I like that. <laughs> it's like Trump Tower, but you know, it's only got one floor. It is something that's double T. It's just actually a corner of my house, which is a small home office that I had to set up in like two minutes when the lockdown happened. <laughs> yeah, that probably you and another... 20 million other people yeah, exactly but yeah but you know there's a few bonus content things on there and uh, if we actually ever get a patron i'll start doing more bonus content <laughs> way to pull back the curtain but anyway <laughs> but yes i think it's time for I, a drink man i think uh, i can hear your yeah i think i'm gonna go background. i'm gonna ask rand i'm gonna ask land for some fashion advice maybe he has a comb yeah maybe land land will wear a tie i'm wondering if he's got an essex pin that i can wear <laughs> <laughs> have you got a pin from my homeland uh, yeah, yeah. Wear a tie, Lan. God damn it. He would, he would. You're the king of the seven wear... towers. Wear a tie or seven. One for each tower. <laughs> you wear seven ties. <laughs> Just like like an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, down at the bottom oh, of the God. sea. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, before I start singing Octopus's Garden, <laughs> I'm going to have a drink. I've got another right, nice stuck in my way. head. <laughs> yep, I'll meet you at Tom's head, mate. Yes. <laughs> now, now I got blood caused blood to imagine. Now I have anvil, octopus card. I have a, I have a whole playlist I got to play today. <laughs> That's right. We should start a tar room playlist. Anyway, <laughs> right? No, we shouldn't. <laughs> lots of, lots of love, people. We'll see you all next week. You guys, take care. I love you all. Bye. As we march further on into the adventures of the Great Hunt. We take a quick peek into each of the minds of the three farm boys from Two Rivers to see where their heads are at at the moment. Wow, Perrin is so good talking to women. The way he handled Egwene, I wish I could do that. Man, I wish I was as good at women as Perrin. Man, Rand seems to know what he's talking about with them women. I wish I was able to be as good talking with women as he is. Man, I see Rand and I see Perrin and Lewith, they're talking to women. Boy, I wish I could talk to women like that. The only thing I'm good at is making women mad. I only make women pissed off. Matt really has a way with women. I don't know how he gets away with it, but I wish I had that same ability to talk to women like he does. I can't believe the way Matt talked to that woman. It worked out beautifully. 
I just I just get stuck in my words and, and, and they think I'm just slow, but man, Matt really has a way with the women. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.